Welcome and thanks for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. To learn more about Community Christian Church, visit us online at cccsterling.org. Today's message comes from Pastor Tony Ria. Once again, good morning and welcome to Community Christian Church. So great to have you here this morning and I trust you had a wonderful and enjoyable Thanksgiving with your families. For the last couple of weeks now, we've been talking about the Community Christian Church core values, namely the elements and components of Christianity that are essential to us as a church, what we value most. And as I've mentioned to you countless times, early on in the history of our church, when we first started uh, the church, since the subject of grace is the central theme of Christianity, we decided to highlight the word grace, and to work grace into everything that we do around here. And so we came up, years and years ago, we came up with the famous grace acronym to convey our core values and to tell our church story. And by now you should know this without a cheat sheet behind me. So let's do this together, okay? The G in grace, God deserves to be first. Make the connection here with the song. Okay, our relationships matter, A, acts of service, C, compassion for others, and E, everything belongs to God. And some of you are looking at me like this is the first time you've ever heard this. Are you kidding? Uh, If you're visiting for the first time, I understand it. But for the rest of you, come on. One more time. God deserves to be first. Relationships matter. Acts of service Compassion for others, especially the lost, and everything belongs to God. And so far in this series, I Love My Church, we covered all of these elements except for the G. God deserves to be first. And so we're going to do that today. We're going to talk about that today. And even though all of the other elements, R, A, C, and E, are extremely important, this time around, we save the best to last. Because the scripture tells us that God should have first place in our lives. I know that because of what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 22. When asked, he said the first and greatest commandment is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your might, with everything within you. And so again, We're using the concept of grace, G-R-A-C-E, to convey our core values, but we also use grace to accomplish our mission. And you should know this. Our mission is to preach the gospel message and to make disciples. This is what we've been doing for the last 26 plus years, preaching Christ crucified and raised from the dead and asking people to accept his work and become a disciple, but not just a nominal average disciple. No, our brand of Christianity here calls for full devotion. And now I'm talking about becoming a sold out, on fire, fully devoted follower of Jesus Christ. That's the mission. That's what we're all about. And there's only one way to get there. Friend, if that's your desire, if it's in your heart to be a follower of Christ and do it with everything 
that you have all of your strength and all of your might, the only way we can possibly do that is by putting God first. Not on the side burner or the back burner. I'm talking front and center. He has to be more passionate to us than anything else in our lives. Whatever we have going, whatever's on the life agenda, God has to be first if we're ever going to get to the place of full devotion. And this is what we try to encourage you with each and every Sunday. We do our best to point you to God. We, we know that that's the only way. We encourage you to make your faith the top priority. In fact, all during the worship time, and this is the same for every worship service, Phil is continually appealing to you to just press into God because we know that's the only way that we're going to get there is by making God our one thing. He has to be on the top shelf. God has to be first. All of the other stuff we talk about, all of our other core values, all of the ways that we accomplish the mission here at our church and we, and we build community and, and a, a heart for the lost and sharing with others what we have, it, it, it all summed up in this one component, which is to put God first and to help us get there to keep us moving in the right direction, to allow us to remember that God is so important. He has gifted the local church with elders. Say that. Elders. E-L-D-E-R-S. Not necessarily old people. But elders are men and women who have gifts of spiritual leadership and they're under shepherds of the church. Elders have a God-ordained mandate to pray and protect and to guide the, the, the community of the local church. In fact, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 and 2, here's what Peter says. I strongly urge the elders among you, shepherd and guide and protect the flock. That's the assignment. Shepherd and guide and protect the flock. This is what elders are called to do. Not to be in the place of authority and boss everybody around. Not to try to prove how biblically clever we are or spiritually mature we might be. Elders serve and elders sacrifice and elders in the local church are essential. And so this morning what I'd like to do is take just a couple of minutes and introduce the Community Christian Church elders to you. And again, this is the team of people who oversee the spiritual matters of our church. We meet together on a regular basis. We talk and we pray. And our collective goal is to fan into flame a church-wide, passionate pursuit of God. This is what the elders are all about. We want to see Community Christian Church fully devoted to God. And elders spend a lot of time doing that. And here's what uh, some of the things that the elders do, in case you don't know this, and I'm going to move th through these really quickly, uh, but here's some, here's some things that your elders do for the church on a regular basis. Okay, number one, maintain and teach sound doctrine. Okay, we don't stand up here and give you our opinion. We, we don't uh, tell you our ideas. We are defending the sound doctrines of the Bible. 
And whenever there's a new doctrine floating around, and there is one every couple of days, we get together, we talk about it, and we make sure that we are teaching sound doctrine. All right, number two, provide a prayer shield for the entire church, especially the pastoral staff. And how many know that's important? Because the enemy loves to target not only the local church, but the leadership. Number three, depend, uh, defend, protect, and support the integrity of the church. And that's a, a word that we hold in high esteem. We are fully committed to integrity, the integrity of the gospel. Number four, pray for and visit the sick. We have a tremendous pastoral care team uh, headed up by the elders who, who do this on a regular basis. Number five, mediate disputes among the church family members. Now, thankfully, here at Community Christian, we don't have any disputes. You know, everybody's loving and kind and accepting, and we put a smile on our face. Never have a crossword for anyone. But if we did, if we did have a problem, then the elders would try to help out. Okay, number six, counsel and offer personal ministry. You know, everybody needs a little guidance from time to time. Elders are here to help you do that. And finally, confirm board members and staff members. And if that's not enough, elders have the arduous task of keeping me in check, making sure I don't get out of line or do something stupid. So as you can see, uh, elders have their hands full. All right. What I'd like to do at this time is bring our elders on stage. Um, will you come quickly? Um, and let's give them a round of applause as they come. When I call for the elders, sometimes I think they're the slowest moving people on the planet. Uh, but it's because they're humble. See, they're humble. All right, so I want to take just a couple of seconds and introduce everyone to you. You may or may not know them if you're, you know, just new to Community Christian Church. I don't mean to embarrass anybody, but um, let me just take a second. First, I want to introduce my wife, Therese. Um, Therese, along with myself, were the founding pastors of Community Christian Church, uh, working on 27 years. And that's right. A lot of times you see me more than you see Therese because I'm up here, but trust me, she has been by my side serving this church every single step of the way. Therese is a powerful prayer warrior. She's an amazing leader and very influential in everything that we do around here. She is a fireball of a Christian. I mean that. Then we have Pastor Dan, and God has raised Pastor Dan up as a pillar here at the church. Uh, you won't find a, a more genuine and loyal man than Pastor Dan. And if you have any uh, problem whatsoever, anything that you need uh, help with in life, Pastor Dan is always available. And if you find yourself, for one reason or another, at the hospital, that's the first face you're going to usually see. That one right there. Very warm, handsome, embracing face. Then we have Mr. Gary Toivonen here on the end, affectionately known as Mr. T. Uh, he started uh, here at the church uh, from day one, back in 1992, along with his wife, Irene. Uh, they've been involved in leadership uh, all this time, you know, the past 26 plus years. Uh, Gary it was uh, a member of the board of directors, and we took occupancy of this sanctuary right here. And he and I have been friends for, close friends, for over 35 years. And then we have Dave and Linda Stallwood. 
And I can't express to you enough how God has gifted Dave and Linda with enormous uh, gifts of intercessory prayer. I mean, these two souls pray more for you than you could possibly imagine. They spend hours and hours in prayer, and they don't complain about it. In fact, whenever I mention prayer, they're first in line with their hands up. And for the last eight years, Dave and Linda have stood by my side and prayed me through all of my health issues, and I thank you so much for that. Okay, we're going to um, dismiss Pastor Therese and Pastor Dan, and we're going to have the non-staff elders share uh, just a few moments with you. Good morning, everyone. It's a pleasure to see you. And the reason why you came today is because you wanted to be in the house of the Lord. You wanted to be fed and to be nourished and be blessed. The lovely lady standing right next to me, my lovely wife, we have been coming to Community Christian Church for about 16 years now. And during that time, I have personally asked the Lord, Lord, use me. A new church, please, dear God. And he said, Dave, seek my face, and I will bless you. And that's what he's done to me. I feel honored, I feel blessed to stand up here on the stage and be counted as an elder. I just stand here in awe at his blessing upon this church, upon Pastor Tony and his leadership. I just thank him and continue to all thank him for his blessing upon it. When we talk about what's the sign behind me here, or it's changed, I love my church. This past few weeks, I've been in prayer, and I said to the Lord, make it personal. What about me? You know, how, how can I be more effective? Is there an area where I want to be? And what do I like about my church? And the day I was in prayer, he said to me, he said, Dave, an area in this, I like my church is because I have made Community Christian Church a house of prayer, a place where people can come and be fed, pray, and seek his face. Through prayer, lives are changed. Through prayer, we become one. Through prayer, 
the Holy Spirit moves across the sanctuary and makes a difference in each and every one of our lives. So I would encourage you. You have prayed for us elders, and in turn, we pray every day for you because there's power in prayer. We just thank you, and I just ask you to continue your prayer because it makes a difference because we can feel it. We can feel that additional presence of the living God moving through our lives. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. It truly is an honor and a privilege to be here today. Uh, as Dave said, we came about 16 years ago, and we, we weren't looking for a perfect church because we knew the minute we put our foot in the door, the church was disqualified. So, But we came and we found a congregation, pastors and leaders, who were earnestly seeking God with all of their hearts. And just as this, all of the songs of intercession that we've been singing this morning, and those are powerful prayers that we've been singing, that's what's been happening here at CCC, is a church that knows where their God is and who their God is, that we're growing in that knowledge. So we're very, very grateful for that. So as time went by, Dave and I found our niche in the prayer ministry. Pastor Therese introduced us to the pre-service prayer time, and we found such an affinity for that, watching others seeking God for their own needs, but also for the needs of this church. So we would be ignited. Our faith and our passion was ignited as we were in these prayer meetings, and then that spilled over into the prayer meetings, uh, the scheduled prayer meetings that we had in the Phase 1 building. Wow. I mean, there's nothing more powerful than to watch your, your brothers and your sisters in Christ interceding for each other. That's where there's power. That's where there's change. So I began to think, as Dave was saying, what we love about our church. And I love, well, there's over, over a thousand reasons that I love CCC. And they're all in these chairs. They're in every department and in every ministry. And I can honestly and sincerely say that. Now, that isn't a love that I could ever come up with. Even on my best days, I fall short consistently. But that is a love that is birthed out of praying. Prayer changes things, but mostly it changes us. And God has birthed a love in our hearts for you that it seems as though the more we pray for you, the more we want to pray for you. The more we declare and recognize that our love for you is a body I don't know everybody personally, but I know you as a member of this church. The more I desire to love you. That is, that is the love of God. That's the transforming love of God. So as I sat there in the back today and listened to all of you praying in your worship time, I was just so encouraged. I felt the bonds of love growing stronger and stronger and stronger. And that's what I know 
that we can be so encouraged. This is a great group of intercessors right here. Our church, as Dave said, was is a church that is given to prayer. That's where we're going to stay because that's the only place to be. It's pretty simple. So anyway, when it's all said and done, what I hope that people will say about Linda Stallwood, oh, do you remember her? Is that they'll say she was a member of that church, CCC, whose signature color was love because God's love ran red. We do love you. We thank God for you. We pray for you. It is our joy to pray for you. It is our joy to serve as your elders. Be blessed. Why I love my church. Wow. I could probably stand here for an hour and give you all the reasons why. But first and foremost, above all, God's presence is here. And my second top two reason why I love my church, because it restored my faith in God. When I first started coming here, long, long, long time ago, I had run away from God. I didn't want anything to do with Him. And this church restored my faith in Jesus Christ completely. And since that time, I made it a personal goal for myself to minister at this altar every Sunday that I'm here just in case there's one more soul that needs restoration. In fact, there's a couple standing next to me. When they first came here, we were still in a little building, and when they walked through the door, it looked like they had just drank a cup of vinegar. They had such a lost, hurt look in their faces that I knew something tragically had happened to them spiritually. And look where they're at today. God has work. I remember Mike Smith sitting over here. He ran down this aisle and met me at this altar, crying that he needed a savior. And here he sits today, restored. So I encourage you, if you're in a place that you don't like, and we all will be in places like that eventually, hang into your faith. Yes. Trust God. No matter what your eyes see and what your ears hear, trust God. And most importantly, you know that you have a church that loves you, cares for you, and supports you for whatever you go through. So I encourage you from this day forward to depend upon your church brothers and sisters because we're here to serve you. Amen? God bless you.
How about one more round of applause for our elders? You may not be aware of this verse of scripture, but it tells us, it instructs us that the elders who serve among us in the local church are worthy of our respect and our honor. And they have earned my respect. Their relationship with the Lord, what, what they're communicating to you, it's authentic, it's genuine. Um, you know, the, the Bible says that there, God's given each one of us a gift. We can't all be elders. But for those spiritual gifts of eldership and under shepherds, I am so thankful for. Our church would not be the same without the elders that you've seen, uh, you just saw on our, on our platform. One more round of applause for them. They deserve it. All right, we're going to close out our service this morning with a healing testimony video. We, we do this typically over the Thanksgiving break. And many of you will remember, you know that a gal by the name of Des, Deb Wassman about a year ago, and Deb's been a member of our church maybe five or six years. Well, about a year ago, she suffered a ruptured vertebrae artery aneurysm. In short, a brain aneurysm. She had a brain aneurysm. 20% of the people who have a brain aneurysm are DOA. They don't make it to the hospital. Another 20% do make it to the hospital, but they die on the operating table. So 40% of the people who have brain aneurysms don't survive. Of the 60 that do, 70% of those people usually suffer some kind of permanent neurological damage. The brain aneurysm causes some problems. They usually have a hard time walking. They, they can't use their hands or their arms. And they usually have uh, a lot of problems with their speech and with their vision. Well, I, I want you to know, and this is the last I'm really going to say about the testimony. Uh, I might say one more thing. Um, <laughs> But Deb Wassman has made a 100% full recovery uh, from her aneurysm. That is the power of prayer, the power of a great God, and it's very rare. And I know there's some other people that have had some physical problems, and maybe you haven't been to the point of full recovery yet, but we, we have to give testimony when God does work on, on our behalf like that. And so this is a, a tremendous miracle. You know, there are some medical miracles, and you hear me say this all the time. I thank God for the medical field. They're brilliant, and they're brilliant because God has gifted them to be brilliant. They have gifts of healing in their hand. But I wouldn't put this in the medical miracle uh, category. This was a God-ordained supernatural miracle in response to prayer. And I want to say this, that after Deb got home, when they released her from the hospital, and she was recovering... Uh, she was doing a little reading, and uh, her, her vision was blurred uh, when she put on her prescription glasses. Now, she's been wearing glasses for years and years since she was a little girl, and when she put those glasses on, uh, she couldn't see, and she figured, well, you know, with all the hemorrhaging and everything that happened, probably my eyes got damaged and a little worse, so she made an appointment to see her optometrist, and after the test, the optometrist said, your eyes have improved. This is the reason why you're, you have blurred vision. You don't need that strong of a prescription anymore. See, that's the power of prayer. That's the power of our great God. That's why we put him first. It's where he deserves to be. So let's watch this testimony together. I was um, actually ordering a carryout 
from Red Robin's and I wanted a mushroom Swiss cheeseburger. <laughs> Nobody answered. So what I did is I got in my car because they're real close to my house. I thought, I'll just go there. I got in my car and I, I felt a little off, you know, and then I must have, I don't know, blacked out or something. But the next thing I know, my car is like right against the gate, like it moved and I didn't realize it. Turned off the engine. I'll just go in the house, sit down. My legs felt really weak going in the door. So I knew I needed to call someone. I think I'm having a stroke, which has been a big fear of mine. And um, I hesitated because I didn't want to live through a stroke. The next thing I know, I'm on the couch because I must have blacked out. I was on the couch, waking up to my neighbors across the, from across the street. And they were on the phone with my friend, Diana. She used to babysit for their son. And um, next thing I know, EMS is arriving. EMS would try to get me up off the couch, one on each side, and my legs dropped out from under me. Then I was really afraid. I mean, I just was panicked, like, God, what's happening to me? I remember hearing the words, don't be afraid. I thought maybe it was one of the paramedics. The next thing I know, I was in the ambulance. And they were doing, talk, trying to talk to me. And, um, but I wasn't, it was, um, strange because I wasn't panicking anymore. Kylie just sort of kept, kept a sort of a journal. Um, like 7 p.m. arrived at Henry Ford Macomb and I don't remember any of that. Maybe an aneurysm. A lot of bleeding. I don't remember going to the first hospital. Critically ill. She wrote here, bleeding stroke. After that, I don't remember really anything. Then at Henry Ford, Detroit, I arrived at Henry Ford, Detroit at 10.45. Blood around the brain that was ballooning. They made a small hole in the skull to relieve the pressure. Highest risk was over the next 24 hours. Radiologist to go through the artery in the neck with die if they cannot treat. If that fails and they can't, they'll do open brain surgery. Well, I was adopted as an infant. I was one year old when I um, was adopted from Korea and brought to the States. And I think for most of my childhood, I had more of a existence of sort of a, like a inadequacy. Um, there was a certain frailty about me. Um, I had a lot of injuries, childhood injuries, illnesses. And it sort of felt like a weakling, like that, you know, just inadequate and weak. That's most of my recollection is you know, how I felt about myself as a child. That was left behind when I woke up in the hospital. I think actually after, when I, when they extubated I me mean, two days, okay, two days later after the surgery, initial surgery, the first time I woke up and they extubated me, I felt, I felt okay other than 
I had some head pain um, and I felt like there was probably no reason for you to keep on giving me all this pain medicine and keeping me, you know, drugged. I said, because in my mind, I was fine. I remember initially when I first woke up, I had a lot of head pain, but I didn't have the headaches that I had for the last 35 years. It was just a head pain. And how can I say, I don't recall a lot, but the people who came to see me, my family and friends, said I was quite verbal, a little bossy, <laughs> and um, was still demanding that they bring in my work. <laughs> and interesting enough, my sister who was, um, she chronically ill, her daughter told me that, you know, she had her, injured her foot and I had her bring her up to the hospital to see me. I looked at the foot, told her to take her to ER, called down to the nurse's station, gave them the directives that I normally give them, and they listened to me, actually, probably not realizing I was a couple floors up and I was in ICU. <laughs> I didn't connect it right away. So I thought, okay, well, I'm free of the headaches, which is huge. I was free of the neck pain. That was huge. But the deep sense of calm that I have. I've never had deep sense of calm. And it just, it just permeates for me. And I don't think, I never grew up, I've never grew up, or it's never been my life aspiration to say, I want to be happy, let alone joyful. If I could be content, I was really, I was doing really good. And um, I think, you, you know, People talked about joy, and I thought, well, that's nice. You know, and I was not, I mean, I just didn't think it, I, I, it was something that I could, would attain. I knew Ill, how God can heal illness, you know, how emotional pain, and, but how was he gonna restore a physical touch? How was he gonna restore a healthy physical, you know, sense of self for me, you know? Um, And he did, you know, as far as not through someone or anybody else. Not, you know, not saying that the hugs weren't nice, but not from the inside. I, I didn't know how to, how he's going to pull that off from the inside. And I, to be honest with you, there's part of me that didn't think it was possible. I thought, okay, I want to get back to work. I want to get back to driving. And I always wore corrective lenses for driving. So I put them on, they weren't working. So I went to the optometrist and she goes, they're not working because they're too strong. I said, what? She says, you don't have almost perfect vision. You don't even really need these glasses. I thought, I've always worn glasses. I mean, since I was, I think five or six, five, I think. I was in kindergarten. And even things like, you know, the, yeah, I get these floaties. You know, I've always had those. I don't have those either. There's a bell. So I was real pleased about that as well. I sought out two other opinions with two other neurosurgeons 
to see if they could, one, rule out any other further aneurysms, and two, maybe explain my recovery. It was interesting because when I arrived, they both expected me, they go expected somebody at best using a walker or some kind of assisted device, um, but I was not. But for me, that's what the cross is all about. It's about not just salvation, it's about resurrection, restoration. It's about, you know, and that whole wholeness. Before I used to just think those were words, you know. But now, he has made it so personal to me, for me. And he knew exactly what I needed. And he knew exactly how to meet me there. Where I couldn't get on my own. This is what I've learned. And how can I use a I use the analogy of God is the most creative, awesome choreographer I've ever known. Timing is perfect. And I work with trauma patients. You know, the people I work with are people who've been usually auto accidents and where their life has changed immediately, you know, totally unplanned. And I work with, you know, I know many of them are angry. Many of them are fall into depression. You know, they have nothing there. And, and one thing that they all have in common when it goes negative is lack of hope. You know, um, something bigger than the doctor, something bigger, you know, than what they can make sense out of. But I will tell you this, after 27, 28 years of doing this, those who have hope, without a doubt, will always make a better and quicker recovery. Because that's how powerful the belief system is. But that's of the mind. And letting go and letting God do what he can do and believing in his faithfulness, let yourself be surprised. Now I'm a person who doesn't like surprises, but I like his surprises. We have so much to be thankful for. And I want to take just a minute, and I, again, I don't mean to embarrass anyone, but Deb, can I get you to stand? God bless you. What a tremendous miracle. I don't, you don't have to go back and be seated again. Those of you who are standing, just remain standing. Father, we thank you once again for your presence in this place. We thank you that you are a giver of good gifts. And for those who have needs today, we thank you, Lord, that you're the answer. We thank you for the hope that you've given to us through your son, Jesus. We continue to pray, Lord, for your blessing upon the families of Community Christian Church. We pray these things in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you so much for coming. God bless you.
Thanks again for listening to the Community Christian Church Podcast. For more messages like this and other resources, visit us online at cccsterling.org.